Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the No Layups Podcast. This is your host, Najee Simons, a.k.a. No Layups. And today, we're going to talk about heliocentrism, um, especially in the modern era. I mean, we are going to touch on the past some, but I really wanted to dive on this because a lot of this talk is about, well, oh, Luca needs help. Luca's number one MVP race, but the Mavericks are 10 and 11. And... Usually throughout history, you need to win. And it's just about the overarching play style. You hear his fans saying he has no help. You hear people saying he holds the ball too long. And the truth is somewhere in between. So without further ado, let's dive into the topic of heliocentric offenses and stars. And let's go all the way back to the 60s with Oscar Robertson, who is one of the five greatest point guards of all time, three to four especially. Um, he probably, if with my recollection, is the first heliocentric star ever, and he was completely dominant. One of the, I feel like he's one of the ten greatest offensive players of all time, despite the inflation, you know, for era and all of that. But he he's amazing. Like in his best season, well, most people feel like his best season is his sophomore year, the triple double year. So. We look at Cincinnati that year, and one, he didn't even win MVP that year. And despite them having the best offense in the league, they were only 43 and 37. Very mid. Um, Lost in the first round of the playoffs. One to three to the Detroit Pistons. So, as you can see right there, like, uh, it doesn't really transfer over to team results and throughout Oscar's career he always hovered around averaging a triple double for his career but he never won until he got paired with Kareem now does that help Mm, yes maybe to a certain degree yes it is help but he also didn't play that heliocentric style with Kareem um the offense ran through Kareem and they had other weapons where you really wasn't running the offense through Oscar every single possession. I mean, Oscar was having years just missing the playoffs with the Kings, and the offenses were constantly great, constantly great, constantly great. They were all offensive dynasty, but they just couldn't win. And you could attribute that to, oh, he didn't have help. But can we also say that sometimes that play style has mm, – Negative outlooks? I mean, when has that play style ever even won a championship, even when they make the playoffs and go on deep playoff runs? Like, Oscar had years running to Russell Celtics, but the team aspect always overcomes an individual star. I mean, let's go into the next. Mm, people call him heliocentric star in is Magic Johnson, who is my greatest offensive player ever. Top two, nonetheless. Top four, at least. But let's really look at Magic Johnson. He really didn't turn up, turn heliocentric and really super ball dominant, despite his assist numbers. I mean, he's the greatest passer ever. But he wasn't super heliocentric until after 85, and that started in 1985-86 season. And the Lakers didn't win a championship that year. They will win one in nineteen eighty seven over the Celtics, and you could say, yeah, they broke through. Then they will win again in eighty eight, but 
we know Isaiah got hurt, and that was a fancy foul call. They would, he would miss it the next two years where he was just balling out. But, I mean, the team, and then 1991, where they ran into a well-oiled machine in Chicago Bulls, he got weighed down throughout the series. His score um, was lower. I mean, he still was an outlier playmaker. I mean, he's the greatest playmaker ever, but he was very, very weighed down on the entire throughout the series. I mean, he had Jordan and he had Jordan and Scotty on him. Like that's very tiring, especially for to be running the offense through one player. It's crazy. So we say, well, he still ended up with five. But the first three, he wasn't playing that heliocentric style. Then we look at 1986-87. Arguably the greatest team ever in history. So was a super team. Interesting. 1987-88. You could say, mm, yeah, they made the finals. True. The West was weaker then. So that's a tribute to Luck playing in a weaker conference. Um. And then you look at the fact that Isaiah gets hurt that series and they went on a bogus foul call. So how much stock is that into it? And then 1991, they got smoked. So when you really add context to Magic's um, heliocentric offense and the results of it, he made three finals with that play style. He lost. Uh, he lost the last one. The second one, it took a... F- crazy sequence of events and then the first one with that play style he won he had a super team so i mean what else can you really say i mean the evidence is somewhat you starting to notice a trend right here like okay um hmm, interesting like they can't really win that much or it's looking like it's taking crazy outlier stuff to happen so then we go into the 2000s let's look at uh, steve nash who it's one of the five greatest offensive players ever engineered an offensive dynasty with the Suns. Um, even his um, 2002 or 2003 season in Dallas, they still had one of the greatest offenses ever. Would have made the finals had Dirk not gotten hurt. Um, he's still number one. Like He's still number one with that play style, especially once he ramped it up and um, – in uh, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. I don't know why that the Suns just slipped my head. Well, I'm, the Suns are in the news a lot, but in Phoenix, and it's interesting. I always throughout my life felt like, damn, like Mike D'Antoni, he should have had a ring. He should have had a ring. Steve Nash should have had a ring. And sometimes this may be the one where luck turned against them because in, um, in 2004-2005 season, Joe Johnson gets hurt. So, the injuries right there just kill you. Like, it attacks you. Like, damn, like, your third best player, a key player, gets hurt. So, you can't – it's hard to overcome teams when that happens. They look at 2005-2006. Joe Johnson not only leaves, but Amari Stoudemire gets hurt. Three, two, three games into the season and misses the rest of the year. So they really never had a chance despite winning um despite winning fifty four games, finishing top tier to West. I mean, second best offense in the league, but they still never really had a chance without Amari. So that was really Nash's floor raising the offense to historical levels. 
yes, that's what floor raising. I mean, that's what heliocentric offenses do. They're great for floor raising, you know, teams to immaculate standards. Like, it can take a bad team to good. Sometimes great. But when you run against that great engine, it, it doesn't really work. And then we look at, okay, 2006, 2007. And this is actually Steve Nash's best year. This, it's crazy how he has best year at 32 years old and didn't win MVP that year. But nonetheless, um, 2006, 2007, Phoenix, the people say, oh, the suspension happened. Granted, the, the suspension didn't hurt the team. I, I will not lie about the suspension hurting the team and all this stuff. But were they really going to beat the Spurs in 2006-2007? Like, were they really going to beat the Spurs? Like, these are the the championship Spurs at this moment. Like, these, this is a great engine. And they started off the series down 2-1. They start off the series down 2-1. Granted, it then became 2-2. But it 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 just wasn't anything that um stood out. So maybe 2007 would have been the year they could have broke through because with the Mari in the lineup, I mean, granted you could say it was 2-2. But it it just didn't I don't know if we can definitely really say you was going to beat the Spurs with Parker, Duncan, and Manu coming into his own. And even um, the last game of the series, when Amari came back after losing that pivotal game five, they lost by eight. So even with Amari there, they still lost three games. Like, literally still lost three games. They only lost one without him. So, can we really be certain, like, yeah, this team would have um, won the championship had Amari not gotten hurt? I'm, 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 well, not gotten hurt, got suspended. I'm not really sure. And even the year prior getting suspended, I'm not really sure you can, you can do that. And then we move on. We know Chris Paul's, uh, Public size playoff struggles here and there throughout his career. How he comes up mm, mm, small in certain moments, and it may not be on the box score, but he ha- he'll have a scoring drought or become very passive. A lot of that I attribute just being tired and just playing that heliocentric style. And either Chris Paul is one of the greatest offensive players ever, but that that style just. You can't get over the hump, and it wears down on your body also. So you can even attribute a lot of his playoff injuries to that play style. And then we look at LeBron James, one of the five greatest offensive players ever, greatest player ever. Not only did he come in 21-6-6 basically, that hurts you right there because you're starting to realize early on, especially by year two where he's 27-7-7, oh, this guy is too good to struggle. Like, he's too good to be in a lottery, so 
you're too good for y'all to draft somebody high. Nobody wants to come to Cleveland. Carlos Boozer up and dipped up out of there. So you're stuck with a steadily rising superstar playing this heliocentric style. And it lifted the floor for them a lot. I mean, they won tons of games, constantly went, even winning 66 games one year, made the finals in 07, which then again, you can attribute to, like Magic, a terrible East. A terrible East. He did go God mode game five versus the Pistons, but they didn't even have Ben Wallace, uh, one of the greatest defensive players ever on that team anymore. And then um, he didn't play good game seven of that series. Well, the game six, the closeout game of that series, I remember he did not play good at all. But then again, they won. They still made the finals, but they didn't really play many 51 teams. So I don't really, I'm not really sure how good they were versus just capitalizing on a bad conference. Then we look at 2011. They lose to a well-oiled machine in Dallas. You contribute that to fit, spacing, plus the heliocentric style of him and Wade at the time, just taking turns and stuff. 2011 just a weird season. But then you say, what? He, he won 2012-2013. He had a super team both those years. 2014, Wade regresses some. Bosh regresses some. They get smoked by a well-oiled machine. And the um, in the Spurs, they get smoked. He leaves and goes to Cleveland. And, and back to 2013 where they won their second ring. Even then, they ran against a well-oiled machine to the Spurs. And it took luck to beat them. I mean, Tim Duncan not being in the game on the rebound. That Ray Allen shot, which is crazy. So it even took luck there. Not saying luck isn't involved in championships, but that was just a crazy outlier of luck. Because that play style, when you run into those types of teams, it 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 you can chip off the effectiveness. That's the best way to spend. You can chip off the effectiveness. Even if it's great, it may not be a 10 grade it may just be an 8 grade or even a 9 grade but every little increment matters in those situations and he wasn't good at the start of that series either so we go to 2015 he has another super team in a weaker conference they make the finals they get um Kyrie and Love get hurt in the playoffs they get smoked LeBron plays phenomenal but they lose in 6 2016 another super team Helio, helio style still but they win but it was down 3-1 to the 7-3-9 Warriors it's a bogey injury Iggy tweaking his back stuff playing on a hurt MCL and the Draymond suspension to win and the 3-1 like and the Kyrie shot <laughs> it's always really crazy how much luck it even took to win that championship then we go to 2017 they get smoked. Um, 2018, smoked. 2019, he gets hurt. 2020, a pandemic happened. Avery Bradley not going to the bubble because of COVID helped because Alex Caruso, who turns out to be one of the greatest perimeter defenders in the game today, wasn't even getting that many minutes um, at first to start of the year. So we have COVID happening. 
the league shutting down, allowing LeBron and his team bodies to rejuvenate, um, not wear down and stuff. And then they go to the bubble, and the bubble was just crazy. It, Not to take anything away from the championship, but when Anthony Davis is out here shooting like prime dirt in the whiskey, I'm not really sure how much stock we can really put into, you know, uh, that scene. But nonetheless, they won in 2019-2020, but that team was phenomenal. That team was stacked defensively, like stacked, one of the greatest defensive teams of the era. Like that team was stacked defensively. And then we look at um we look at the other outlier you can say luck that was involved. Um they went to six games with Miami and no bam. The Clippers the Clippers smoked the three one lead on some crazy stuff like that's that's just crazy right there. That falls in the Lakers' hands. That falls, in the, and even the Bucks losing to Miami that helped the Lakers too. Like I don't think the Lakers beat the Bucks that year. I, I don't think the Lakers beat the Bucks that year. So, and then we look at Luca. Off LeBron went to Luca, and his fans said he need more help. He need more help. He's too good for y'all to draft any help. You don't have that many great assets to trade for another star or you're going to super kill your depth. And then it comes, well, Luka, Luka Ball, Luka Ball, Luka Ball. And Luka Ball does generate, um, it, it generates great offense. Like, it really does generate great offense. Luka may be the best. Mm, top three, top three to five offensive player in the game today. I'm I'm not taking nothing away for that. And it worked. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. But when they ran into that well-oiled machine in Golden State, Luca had he had something. He had some stuff trimmed off his game. Like he didn't completely fall off. I mean, he still put up great bot score numbers. Versus Golden State, but let's just look at the series overall. Thirty-two nine and nine. Well, thirty-two nine and six. So his assist is getting cut down, but you can attribute that to maybe guys missing shots. Boom. Let's say that thirty-two points, forty-one percent from the field, seventy-seven percent from the free throw line. Already a problem. Thirty-four percent from three. That is not good. That 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 is that is not great efficiency at all. That's really not great efficiency at all, especially compared to the rest of the series in the playoffs where forty-seven percent from the field, thirty-four percent from three, really thirty-five, still seventy-seven from the line, thirty-two points basically still so. He ran into against a well-oiled machine in Golden State and had a lot chipped off his efficiency. Like, I know true shooting percentage is better, but right now, just looking at, just glancing at the field goal percentage, you see some chipped off of him. So, we look at that and just say, huh, how much, how effective can this play style be? And 
far as Luka, like, do I want him to win a championship one day? Yes, but I'm starting to have thoughts that he never will or he won't win many because I don't see how Dallas wins, like, gets a super team. I don't see how Dallas gets a super team. That's one of the things you probably need. You can say maybe they just get lucky one year, have some crazy luck. Yeah, but when you contextualize it, it'll be like, okay, but it's a this, this, this. So it won't really be that impressive. Then it's like getting a second star. What type of second star do you need? To me, preferably, he needs you can either get an attacking guard. Um, that could play off the cap. Abiel, but Abiel isn't even that good enough with Luka to win a championship. A Kyrie, I'm not sure. <sighs> Kyrie and Luka would be great, but I'm not even sure Dak can win a championship in this game. But they'll be contenders if they had a Kyrie. Maybe a lot uh athletic off-ball big like Anthony Davis. Yes, but how many Anthony Davises are flying around here or even available so it's just like i don't see how he gets one in dallas he's one of the greatest players ever he's one of the greatest playoff performers ever but he may end up with an oscar-like career just constantly putting up great numbers um but never having a chance to really win it for most of his prime because his teams just weren't wasn't good enough and sometimes you could say because that's he's too good and then we look at, well, his teams are still respectable at times when he's off the floor. So it's like, how can you not say he has help? And it's like, okay, like, his team may have some stuff where they can play good. Um, The on-off stuff sometimes shows that they can be a positive at times when he's off the floor. But there's still a positive with him on the floor. So that just shows, like, their depth isn't bad. He doesn't not have help. That isn't true, but he does not have enough help, if that makes sense. The help is good, but it's not good enough to win a championship. That's the best way to say it. And I'm not sure if Luka ever really will have enough help to win a championship in that situation unless something crazy happens, but Nonetheless, we still love and support Luka Doncic, but we just have to accept the realities of heliocentric basketball. So let me know your thoughts. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. And let me know, do you guys think Luka will ever win a championship one day? Holla at your boy.